Today is Thursday, June 3rd, and this is Make It So. Let's take a look at the non-aligned team's entries for their chance to come back into the competition. Five former participants decided to take a chance to be reborn and rejoin the competition for Phase 3. Neil and I are going to take a look at those entries for you. It should be kind of fun to see people's interpretations on how to build card without having gone through the whole make-it-so process. They've gone through some of it but some of them more than others. Team Non-Aligned picked legal proceedings as their card to inspire their new cycle. And legal proceedings essentially boils down to making a mission slightly harder and giving you some sort of bonus when you complete that mission. In terms of that, I think that the, 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 the team, the five entries here, did, did a pretty good job. Yeah, the legal proceedings, of course, adds a lot of omission. When you score points, when you and complete it using that law. And that's essentially what all the people did, is, is they added a skill to a mission, and upon completion, you get a bonus, or, or, or you get something for your trouble. Well, one interesting wrinkle that they put on it, none of these, there's four personnel in one ship, and none of the cards have the skill that they're adding to the mission. I think it's clever. I think it's interesting. Like, for example, the Borg adds leadership to the mission, but the Borg doesn't have leadership, and the Cardassian adds security to the mission, but doesn't have security. So they make the mission harder, but then you ha you have to have at least you know one other person along to provide the skill that they're adding in order to get the bonus back from it. I think that's an interesting twist. That's valuable because it would be it wouldn't be very very cool if the mission required security and the person had security. So that would mean that the whole top part of their game text where it says well, this person was attempting a, a mission with, that required uh, uh, and requires security. They just provide it, so you just you just take all that part off. So it's nice that they don't have the skill that they're looking for. I'm somewhat disappointed in the choice of affiliations that they picked, with the exception of the Maquis card. And I'll, I want to talk about the non-aligned card later. I'm not. I'm really not counting that one. But they picked Borg, Cardassian, Klingons, and Maquis, and Borg, Klingons, and Cardassians are not really affiliations I would have expected them to want to help like this. None of them really need a lot of help it, right now. It wasn't part of the challenge that they should avoid that kind of thing, but it was. it's one of those, why are you giving this powerful ability to a faction that's already really powerful? I think they made some, some poor decisions there. So we don't grade them down for it, but we kind of look at it as the overall decision-making process. I, I'm just... Did, did they pick their favorites? I don't know. I just don't understand why. And and I want you know in the case of the Klingon, at least it's not going to go into a, a crude battle deck anytime soon. You know, it's trying to do something slightly different with them. And Borg guy requires a Delta Quadrant mission, and the Cardassian guy requires a Federation mission. So it's like they're trying to shake up the mission selection at the same time, but. I don't necessarily think it works. I think they just sort of gave powerful tools to three powerful affiliations. One other thing that I noticed is they're not, they haven't 
costed these cards consistently. I mean, they all essentially are doing the same thing, and there are there's four personnel that all that cost three different things. I I disagree with one of the costumes, but I think the rest of the costumes are pretty close to what they probably should be. Uh, not knowing the costume charts myself, because it seems to be a theme that if your personnel will let you score five points, that personnel costs five, costs four or more, but they need to cost four because that ability to score five points is powerful and should be expensive. You're you're kind of right in that scoring five points is usually worth four, but these are sort of not as good as that. The, the example is that the people in Strange New Worlds, the people like Kalar and Danika, that are four-cost personnel that score five points when they use a certain skill. These guys are all strictly worse than that because they make you do more work to get your five points. So at the most, they should cost would be four, and that's if they have slightly better skills and attributes than those people. And I don't, I don't think any of them really hit the mark on it here. What's more disappointing is that they're not they're not consistent. I would have expected the same game text here to be mostly the same cost. Sure. And any variation would come from, you know, your skill or attribute differences. Well, let's do a quick rundown. Tell me what you think of 3 of 12. I think a board with law is suspect, but uh, like you said, if the personnel's costed a little bit above average, then maybe he can get a rare skill. But I just don't understand how you put law on a board, but okay. Uh, while this personnel's attention on Delta Quad mission, add leadership to the mission's requirements and score five points when you complete it. That kind of brings a, a, a Delta Quadrant solver to the world of the board. As a, as a high-level player, I this is not a powerful enough tool to get my board deck out of the Alpha Quadrant. Because the Alpha board is just too powerful. But, I mean, it's not, it's not bad. There was an interesting bit of debate over whether or not this card should be called Tuvok or 3 of 12. And I'm firmly in the belief that it's they caught they they named it correctly. He was he was assimilated by the by the collective, and therefore he was not Tuvok. He was a Borg. And he may have resisted it eventually, but he was assimilated by the collective. He was not acting of his own free will. Just like Lacutus is called Lacutus, not Picard. I, I agree with your concerns about law. I don't really know why the Delta Quadrant thing is on there. It weakens the card to the point where I don't think it would be used. Well, it's on there because. If you can use this personnel to score 10 points, 5 points per mission, then you could conceivably play 3 annexation drones for 15 points, get another 10 points from this guy, which is 25 points, and win very easily completing two 35- or 30-point missions and not do much assimilating and just getting a bunch of bonus points uh, just the, the cheap way. But the board can already do that. There are already plenty of ways for the board to get bonus points. And a lot of those involve having uh, assimilated personnel. Well, three annexation drones and three expand the collectives is 30 points without having to do any Delta Quadrant missions. My problem isn't isn't that. I mean, they, they restricted you to Delta Quadrant missions, which are usually not particularly great missions for the board. And their skill that they chose to add is a really rare skill for the board. That I could be okay with, and the Delta Quadrant thing I could be okay with, but when you put them both together, this is a binder fodder card. The the other complaint that I have about all four of the cards, these abilities are just one giant run-on sentence. They're not put together well. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's while this personnel is doing this, do this, and also do this. It's it's two separate triggers jammed into one sentence. I think that they were probably trying to avoid some sort of wonky situation where the personnel is at the mission, but you still score the bonus points without making the mission harder. This should have just been two sentences, you know. While this personnel is attempting a Delta Quadrant mission, add leadership to this mission's requirements. When, you know, when this personnel completes a Delta Quadrant mission, score five points. Or sure. something along those lines. They could have worded, it should be it should be two sentences, not one sentence jammed together. And the fact that all of them did that, it shows that they were working together, but it also shows that they missed the mark together. Moving from the board to the Cardassian, what do you think about the Cardassian guy? The Cardassian guy. I think it's difficult to find Cardassian Federation missions. There's not a, a, a couple of the Cardassian missions that I've been doing are not Federation missions. There's a couple of them that are, but you have to be doing a Federation mission, which limits your mission selection. Uh, adding security. Security is a pretty common skill on Cardassian, so that's actually not really much of a, an addition. You may place an opponent's honor personnel at a non-headquarters mission in your break when you complete this mission. Yeah, again... And that's huge. That's that's also very bore, very poorly worded. It, you always go trigger before effect, and that's... It's trigger, effect, effect, trigger. It, it's just really backwards. It's also sure. insanely good. This, this personnel's not... This should be with four. And I also... It's... Like, Cardassian with Cunning 7 is... This This guy was an idiot. This guy should not be Cunning 7. I mean, he was a moron. He got caught. He wasn't a very good infiltrator. He, cunning 7 is rare in the Cardassians, and making him a Cunning 7 is not wise. So moving down to Tom Riker here. I don't know if they had Commander of the Defiant on here up until the last minute and decided to take it off or what, but it's really weird to me that the word Defiant is in his subtitle, but he's not Commander of the Defiant. Well, I do see three and a half plus lines of text. Maybe they ran into a, a template problem. Not that that should be a reason to take off the Commander Defiant, but... And, and again, this this is actually probably... I don't know, this is a nice personnel. Adding honor is something that the Maquis... That's going to be hard for them, because there's not many honor. They have to, they're going to have to rely on non-Maquis, non-alliance to do this, really. Yeah, there's Eddington and there's... Uh, what's her name? Uh, his, wife. his wife. Yeah, but you, the, that, that's it. That's gonna make the Maquis harder to pull off their tricks because they're gonna have to water down their deck with non-aligned personnel to yeah. do this, and it it doesn't seem worth it to me, to be honest. I make my mission harder, and I give you a captive to make you remove your hand from the game. Which, as soon as you play this guy, I'm gonna start lowballing my hand. I, I gotta be honest. I see a a ridiculous cycle. Thomas Riker, Defiant Self-Sacrifice, with Rescued Prisoner, with, um, I don't know, uh, um, Feast on the Dying is pretty good, Second Chance at Life, that's pretty good, uh, Hell, Complete a Mission, and you pull out the flute, and you just flute it back. Uh, and then on top of that, you add the actual Defiant. All of a sudden, it, your opponent can't draw cards and keep cards in your hand. And if they do, they're just put out of play. But I'd run Thomas Riker Defiant Self-Sacrifice with Rescue Prisoners and Double Headquarters with the Romulans just so you can pull up the Plasma Energy Weapon and uh, Kyrus. So draw five cards, download a card of your choice, add it to whatever you got in your hand. 
Uh, Thomas Riker runs to your brig to make you put all that crap on play. Uh, next turn, I rescue him. Uh, draw five cards. Uh, rinse and repeat. So right. I'm well, okay, to but it's toss all... your deck out of play in a matter of you know four or five turns. No, it's only going to happen at most twice, maybe three times, because it's only when he solves a mission. So it's not like you can just do it over and over again, because then you're going to win. Reasonably, you're going to be able to do it twice. I, okay, I suppose, but I mean, still, that's that hurts in a hurry. And moving on to Colonel Worf, which kudos to this player for not naming him Worf and giving him an, a unique name. So, what do you think right. of Colonel Worf? I thought it was a cool uh, throw to the movie. The, this being a movie personnel, it's it's nice to see a good solid quote on the bottom. I, I think his skills fit pretty well. Uh, I, I think the Colonel Worf probably does go in a Cruise deck, and he and he doesn't not go in a Cruise deck even if he does change the attribute to integrity, but because he changes the attribute to integrity, with the crew's deck, the biggest problems are the space missions, and the biggest uh, space or the biggest problems of space missions are the dilemmas, and this personnel lets you punch through a couple of dilemmas that would otherwise be very difficult. You're kind of taking the, the crutch of, of that type of a deck and helping it. How does but, this how does this help you with dilemmas? Oh, it, it can get you. Uh, it doesn't change the requirements of dilemmas at all. Well, it doesn't. Oh, it's just missions. Um, never mind. Really, it's it's, it's 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 kind of like it's not intuitive at all because only if you're running non-integrity missions does it work. You can splash in these easy, easy, easy cunning missions that the Federation likes to do, and flip it to integrity. And I mean, I really wouldn't use it in a Kruge deck, but I'd sure use it in the traditional Klingon integrity deck. Okay. You know, you got these cunning 30 missions that can now be solved with four Klingons. That's true. And give you bonus points for it. I like the crutch that it comes with because when you get to the end of your mission, it's not a choice. You don't, you don't get to go, oh, well, I'm one shot on the cunning, or I'm one shot on the integrity, but let's total up my strength and see if I got to the strength way. Like, you can't, you can't get around a, a, a survey of the world. By trying to uh, integrity one direction and then go, oh well, I failed the integrity. I don't have integrity greater than thirty, but I do have strength greater than thirty-eight or twenty-eight. Well, no, that doesn't count. It has to be integrity. All right. So the last card here is the aquatic cruiser, and in theory, this is my favorite card. It's the most original. It's the most exciting, and I think it's the most interesting. However, I really don't think it's proper. What do you mean? It's a non-aligned card for a faction that's not in the game. You know, he added a Zindi icon on there. Well, there is no Zindi icon. Yet, I understand that the Zindi's being added by the other, by the teams for Make It So, but it's not in the real game, and this challenge didn't really have anything to do with any of that. In addition, making a non-aligned card helps kind of everybody. And again, the individual who wrote this did not break the letter of the law, because they weren't told not to make a non-aligned card. Given that they didn't have to make an online card, it seems to me to be a cop-out to make one because it doesn't do anything for any of the factions. It can go in any deck but Borg. Putting a Zindi icon on there means he wants it to work with the Zindi, but there are no Zindi. Who's Zindi? Do the Borg Zindi, the Federation Zindi, the non-aligned Zindi? The Zindi that are super secret on Brad's hard drive? We don't know what the Zindi are and what they're doing. I didn't drill down that this card as deeply as you did. I looked at it the way that I look at most ships. I look at the cost, I look at the range, I look at the staffing. And what I see is the, the ability aside, which isn't a bad ability, but the ability aside, 
I see a cost six. A cost six ship. That's only range eight. That takes two people to staff. Compared to, say, the Kamari. Yeah, it's only range seven. But it only costs five and it only takes one guy to staff. And it can be range 21. Not that I've ever got it up that high, but it's possible. He actually separated the two clauses like he should have, but he did it wrong. Because the, the, the way the card's worded, every time you begin a mission attempt, it adds diplomacy and it has no duration on it. You used the so wrong... Uh, every so single wrong. time every single time I attempt this, it adds another level of diplomacy to the mission. It should be while you are attempting a mission instead of when you begin a mission attempt. Right. It, oh, it should have, or at least have a duration on it. Oh, okay, yeah. No, no, but the the ship doesn't even have to be involved in the mission attempt. It just has to be at the mission, and it works. It's just the the team did not demonstrate working together and commonality in, in terms of like I would have liked to see. I didn't want to see the exact same game text on five different cards, but they should have been. And and uh, the first four were were well done. The fifth one's kind of off on its own tangent. Well, Neil, if you had to pick a winner out of this, one, one of these entries, creators, to rejoin the game, which one would you pick? I think uh, I'd probably have to throw my weight behind the Klingons. Not, not because of the game text that he's got. I think the all the five cards here, the game texts kind of wash each other out. They're all about the same. The, the personnel, Colonel Worf, is a cool personnel who's not in the game. And the, the game text and the lore, excuse me, the, the, the lore and the flavor text just feel really right and it's just a great chord on the bottom of the card and i think the skills are very appropriate to the personnel and i think i think that the lore the uh, appropriate skills and the personnel will just push that card itself above uh, the other four cards uh, in my mind i can't resist a man who knows what he wants and goes after it mm, that's me and that's why i'm daemon of this ship i take charge in every situation more to the left, woman. The other half of challenge number 10 was for the Borgen Federation teams to present sort of a teaser article for their final 45-card expansions. They had to choose a name, write a little bit of blurb, and spoil a few cards. The Borg team will be bringing us far beyond the stars. Their whole write-up and everything is on our forums. We make it so forums at our website, but... Far Beyond the Stars, what jumps into your head? It's kind of a, 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 a big name for an expansion. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's bad, but I like it. It's, it's big. It's bigger than life. It's cool. Okay, not, not knowing anything about anything. You know, right. you, you go to the website and you see a new announcement. Far Beyond the Stars coming such and such a date. Right. What, what, are, you, what are you thinking about when... Ships. Ships, okay. Ships what else? Take you far Beyond the Stars. Big monster, huge missions, or uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, big missions, like like game-changing missions, like stuff that I would see in a movie. Okay, and like Genesis Planet was a huge mission; it changes the game. All right, now Far Beyond the Stars is one of my favorite episodes. It's from Deep Space Nine, and it's the episode where Benny Russell is from, where Cisco has the vision of the 1930s uh, science fiction novel. Science fiction magazine. Would you expect to see Benny Russell and crew in an expansion called Far Beyond the Stars? Absolutely. Right. At least a little bit. Would you be disappointed if it wasn't in there? Um, maybe not. Well, 
Yeah, probably a little bit. If it wasn't, at least nodded to. I mean, sometimes you have an expansion that doesn't have anything to do with maybe the episode it was around, but it at least nods a card to it. So, I, I would expect there to be at least a little bit in there. That's your initial reaction to the name. Having taken yeah. a look at the, the details, it, it clearly looks like they're going to go with a region theme. Yeah. Which makes sense, because their Zindi were all based on working out of the region Delphic Expanse, so they've extended that across all of their cards. Taking a look at their spoilers, anything jump out at you? It looks like the the mission uh, that they've spoiled is is pretty powerful. It's a, a, a Bajor region system that's only spanned two, so things like runabouts aren't going to have a problem getting uh, back and forth uh, between Deep Space Nine. Um, that's not so bad. I, I kind of like that they made a Klingon Balana. That, that that's pretty sweet. Uh, and the, the the rest of their the, the other cards that they have are, are kind of okay. Uh, I, I like the ship that they spoiled, the Enterprise D. I, I know we've already got a bunch of Enterprise Ds, but having a having an Enterprise that that scores points with your corresponding commander aboard is pretty sweet. So um, I, I, I like them. I like the spoiled set. Anything there jump out at you as a red flag? A little bit. I think the Romulan guy is probably a little bit too powerful. Uh, three three card draws, which would be a discard plus two draws, is basically a half a turn's worth of counters. And to have a half a turn's worth of counters swing every time you attempt a mission is, is a little bit powerful. You could just go drop them off on a planet and have them attempt every turn. The, the Enterprise D is kind of neat because it works at... It's the ship that'll score you ten points at any sort of a mission, which is, which is kind of neat. I know that kind of brings in the Federation neutral zone mission selection, which is which is which is great. I like it. Uh, other than that, everything looks looks pretty spoiler esque. Like I want to know more. I want to know where, where are they going with these. What, what's the theme? What's what, what's the rest of the cards that go with the set? Yeah, there's some good star power here. Having uh, you know they're showing off the Zindi, which is good. Kind of hints at you what the Zindi is going to be about. A virtual Enterprise D is an interesting idea yeah. uh, to go with our virtual promo Picard. And it's also, you know, a recognizable ship. It's got a Tomalek, who's a pretty well-known adversary for fans of TNG. And uh, Belana, obviously, is well-known. Um, nothing really in here for a Deep Space Nine or original series fan. But you can't cover all the bases. Yeah. I, I might have even spoiled another Zindi, and, and maybe not the mission. Because that mission's really not interesting. I mean, they're showing that it's a region mission, but it doesn't do anything. It's just a vanilla mission. I don't necessarily think that I would have spoiled that. Having written several spoiler schedules and a new number of spoiler articles, that would not have been high on my list to to spoil. If it did something, maybe. I would sort of let the assumption that there's going to be some new region missions carry based on the fact that you're doing an entire expansion based on regions and show off something more exciting. Okay, switching to the other side, the Federation brings us Home, H-O-M-E, the name of their expansion. What's your initial reaction to that? I like the name. It, it, it ends up being, it feels nostalgic. Like, like whenever somebody says Home and Star Trek to me, I think of the Federation licking its wounds uh, on its way back to, uh, to Earth to get fixed after it just got the crap beat out of it uh, against the... Uh, the board and Picard beaming down to go see his family and and having pretty serious thoughts about about leaving the Enterprise for the ocean. But 
other than that, it, it, it could be a good sign. You know, again, you come to the front page of the website and you see coming soon home from, you know, whomever. What what, what are you thinking is going to be in there? Big personnel, like epic personnel, like cost five Cisco, the, the Bajoran, who's, who's really expensive, but he's really good. Because uh, when you start to get home, you start getting into the big guys who stay home, the admirals and the generals and the, the people who stay on the planet and uh, do the commanding behind the scenes because that's what they do. You know, that, that's interesting because the first thing that jumps into my mind when I hear that is, oh, sweet, new headquarters. And I that's not something that's that's dangerous. Unless you're actually putting new headquarters in there, I think that's going to lead some people down disappointment way. There's no home. Just my initial guess. So sure. let's look at their spoilers real quick. Tell me what you think about the spoilers. When looking at just the top couple of cards on their, on their set, the first thing I see is a Zindi primate and a Zindi super weapon and tragic loss, uh, a dilemma. And th that's kind of scary because... The, the last time that I watched Star Trek and I saw a Zindi Primate and a Zindi Super Weapon, uh, they shot Earth, and it was a pretty tragic loss. Uh, a, a whole bunch of people died in, in Florida. And that, that kind of puts a, a somber note on this happy name. They, they picked home, which is uh, feelings of, of happiness at home. Like you said, it's, oh, maybe there's a new headquarters. Maybe it'll be a whole bunch of cool stuff. And the first thing we see is, the tools to destroy home. I don't disagree with you there. Does anything jump out at you on the cards themselves? Well, I see a couple of cards that are uh, awesome, and I see a couple of cards that are, in, in my mind, are terrible. Uh, I, I like the Zindi Primate to put forth. He's just pretty solid, a person with skills. He's got a decent ability, if nothing, but that's that's what's cool, is it's just a, uh, just a good person with skills. Uh, I, I've seen this Christopher Park Pike card before in the in the the picture challenge, and it looks like they did a little bit of minor edits to him, but they basically left him the same. And I liked him back then; I still like him now. And they left in the ISS Defiant. I see how they changed the name of the ship so that it's not the Defiant, even if it is the Defiant, which is fine. And uh, they they mitigated the ability a little bit, and that's pretty sweet. So, I like those cards. But, if we look at the Zindi Super Weapon, I don't like it. It's still too powerful. That means that, uh, conceivably on turn 5, uh, I can discard the top 12 cards of your deck. And, if you're running dual headquarters, or if you're just running single headquarters with Zindi at Earth, you can drop a couple of Josephs and just mill your deck away way too quickly. And I see their dilemma that they that they uh, are spoiling called tragic loss, and I I understand what they're trying to do, and I just think it's worded badly. Well, I'll say this: they did a better job of focusing on like what's arguably the biggest piece of these expansions, which is the Zindi. They show you a couple different cards that are related to the Zindi. They don't really get into they sort of do with their their text, but on their own, the cards don't really tell you what the Zindi are about. And I, I think they missed it on the star power. Arguably, the Defiant is star power. Yeah. And and again, arguably, Captain Pike all broken down in the chair is star power because it's a recognizable image. 
I just I think the star power of the Borg's spoilers was better, but I think the Federation spoilers did a better job telling you about Zindi. That being said, all of the Federation's cards are cards we'd already seen. I mean, they're all from previous challenges. Sure. Yeah. And the, the 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 Borg showed us at least two at least two of those cards, if not more, were were new, were brand new that we'd never seen before. Right. So this is kind of like I understand that if this were the first, the very first article about this, that these would all be new. But the reality is that the people who have been following Make It So have seen all of these before. Right. And yeah, they've been edited and they're slightly different, but it's it's old news. It's nothing. There's nothing new in there. And I think that's that's a missed marketing opportunity. True. To. Uh, give them a little bit and make them want more. All right, so so just based on the spoilers and the text that's been presented, if if you could choose to buy one of these two expansions, you know, only one, you can only buy one or the other. Which one are you thinking you're going to buy? Uh, that's a rough question. It is like a rough question. Said, there's a bunch of star power on one side, and there's a, a defiant. Uh, on the other side, but not just any defiant, Starfleet defiant. So you, ah, you're calling it a draw? I could sit here and muddle over it and pick one team five percent over the other one, but I'd still sit there and go, "Yeah, but I really want the defiant. That's so cool." Or sit there and go, "I gave up the defiant for Balana, so I I can't pick." All right. I do want to say this. I I was disappointed not to see card numbers because I like speculative card lists and I never get to make them anymore because I always know what's in the sets. So I was disappointed not to see card numbers and cause all sorts of speculation about what's in the set. I'm wagging my... You can't see me, but I'm wagging my finger at both teams. <laughs> there should be card numbers. These are supposed to be finished, but I'll give you guys a pass on this one. My love is a fever. Longing still for that which longer nurseth the disease. Tell me more. Well, all right. That's our initial impressions on what we've got to you for challenge number 10. The Borg and the Federation team have a little less than a week to put together their final expansions and present them to us. We need your votes. We need your feedback. Let us know which of the five non-aligned entries you liked the best. And let us know which of the two expansions jumped out at you as the most exciting. It'll be interesting how we wrap up phase two as we go crashing into phase three, the final phase of Make It So. Yep, Neil and I will be back next week to talk about the finished expansions. In the meantime, I'm Charlie Plain. And I'm Neil Timmons. And in the immortal words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Make It So. podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License. For more information, visit www.creativecommons.org. Some of the music in today's podcast is brought to you Podsafe free from Nebio's Music Alley. For more information, visit www.musicalley.com. Make it so. The search for the next assistant game designer is brought to you by the Continuing Committee, home of the first and second edition Star Trek CCG. For more information, please visit www.trekcc.org.
www.trekcc.org.